Welcome to War in the Spirit, your resource for spiritual breakthrough and warfare, empowering you as believers to tap into your authority using the tools provided by God to bring about supernatural shifts. Hey, spiritual warriors, welcome back to War in the Spirit podcast. This is Faith Cawthon Green, and you are listening to episode number four. Today, we're going to talk about breaking through with power and authority. This is going to be a three-part series, and today is part number one, where we're going to talk about restoring order. Before I jump into this, I want to just remind you about something that we talked about in episode number two, um, titled Our Daily Bread, where I was talking about reading the word of God in spirit and in truth. So not just reading the actual words for their face value and what they say, but also um, enlisting the influence of the Holy Spirit to give you fresh revelation on the word of God. So what I'm going to teach on today is actually the result of the influence of the Holy Spirit on the word. So as I spoke about um, in that uh, episode, I also talked about secrets of the kingdom. This is how the word is unpacked. So God gives us access to secrets of the kingdom and the Holy Spirit will breathe new revelation into the words that have already been written. And this is why the Bible is the living word. There are some things that I'm going to say today that are a result of revelation that God has given me about the Bible, but they are also supported in the word. However, when you read the word, if you read it just for truth, you may not see the direct alignment. But if you read it with the influence of the Holy Spirit, you will see it also. So as we're now getting back to talking about breaking through with power and authority and restoring order, one thing we need to remember is that we are not subject to what happens in our lives. We have the power to shift our surroundings. Sometimes things happen and they put us in precarious situations when they didn't have to. If we had only recognized our power, We could have shifted that situation in our favor. However, in order to operate in that power and that authority that we desire to have and that we desire to move in in order to produce a shift in our lives, we must first understand the divine order of things. So one thing that we need to understand is that there is a difference between God's will and God's promises. See, God's will is divinely ordered to occur in an appointed time. God's promises are things that he desires to give us and that require our response to produce. So the reason that it's important to understand this is because sometimes when we are praying, we are praying 
for everything and saying, God, let your will be done. And some things are God's will, which is going to happen anyway. That is more about a heart posture of saying, God, I'm submitting to your will. However, if there is a promise that has been spoken over your life that you are praying for it to be produced, then you're going to speak differently over that because you need God to show you how do I produce what is the response that you need me to have in order to see this promise being kept and so your prayers need to be different for the promises of God as opposed to the will of God in order for your prayers to be legal and for them to produce for you in your life God's will is a permanent fixture in time But God's promises are fluid. They can change and shift based upon how we live our lives and will be released based on our response to God. God's will is going to occur regardless of what we do. But God's promises are what he is vowing to give us if we produce the necessary response. Walking in the will of God leads to the promises of God. Let me give you some biblical examples that will uh, clear this up and back up what I'm saying. So let's look at Psalms 24, uh, 3 and 4. It says, who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false God. So Like I said before, the promises of God are what God wants us to have. We receive those, the promises, with clean hands because they are things that God wants to give us. That means that there's a response that God wants us to have. If we look at 1 John 5, 12 through 13 says, He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Then John 5, 24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. So here we see an example of God's promise, the promise of salvation. But salvation is conditional on a response from us. It says he who has the son has the life and he who does not have the son does not have life. It also says he who hears the word and believes on him who sent me has eternal life that is a promise it is conditional it says you will have eternal life if you respond and you believe on my son and you believe that i have given you salvation and that you have been saved from your sins those are promises let's go a little bit more practical let's look at genesis 6 11 through 18 it says God knew that everyone was terribly cruel and violent. So he told Noah, cruelty and violence have spread everywhere. Now I'm going to destroy the whole earth and all its people. Get some good lumber and build a boat. Put rooms in it and cover it with tar inside and out. 
make it 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Build a roof on the boat and leave a space of about 18 inches between the roof and the sides. Make the boat three stories high and put a door on the side. And then it says, I'm going to send a flood that will destroy everything that breathes. Nothing will be left alive. But I solemnly promise you that your wife, your sons, and your daughters-in-law will be kept safe in the boat. So here it is. The flood was the will of God. It was going to happen regardless. It is a permanent fixture in time. God willed for it to happen. However, God makes Noah a promise that says, if you have this response by building this boat and building it to the dimensions that I'm giving you, I will save your family. Like I said, the will of God operating in the will of God leads to the promises of God. So once Noah built the boat, his family was saved. And God also said, I will prosper your family. So this is the difference between the will and the promise. Let's talk a little bit more about the will of God. I'm going to give you some more examples about that. First Peter 2.15 says, for it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. So here it is, like I was talking about, when you receive the will of God, you receive it with a clean heart. When you receive the promises, you receive it with clean hands. The will of God is about the heart. That's what God wants us to be. The promises of God are what God wants to give us. So God, we first have to become what God wants us to be, operate in what God wants us to be. And then God can give us and release to us the promises that he has. So 1 John 2, 17 says, And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. James 4 and 15 says, Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. See, the will of God is all about how we live, who God wants us to be. It is not about what God wants us to have that is the promises of God Matthew seven twenty one says not everyone who says to me Lord Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven so let me give you another example of God's will the rapture is God's will it cannot be changed but the promise is that the righteous will be caught up and will not perish in the rapture. The crucifixion of Christ was God's will and could not be changed or shifted. It was a permanent fixture in time. But the promise was that although Jesus died, he would rise again with all power in his hands. Like I said, the flood was God's will, could not be changed. But there was a promise that was fulfilled by Noah walking in God's will. The purpose on your life is God's will. But by choosing to walk in that purpose, 
that he has ordained for you, you are eligible to receive the promises of God. It is God's will for us to be prosperous, but financial increase is a promise. See, we can be prosperous in multiple different ways. So the word says that God desires for us to be prosperous, but the promise of how we will be prosperous is different from the will. I believe that sometimes we become frustrated with God because our lives do not look like what we desire them to be. But we have not committed the time to take inventory of our lives to ensure that we are in order. The way to the promises is restoring the divine order of God to our lives. And even though I may not be perfect in my walk with Christ, as long as I'm still walking in my purpose, I'm still eligible for the promises. So God knows that we're going to fall off the boat sometimes. God knows that we're going to fall down. We might stray away a little bit. But as long as we still walk in our purpose, as long as we still recognize that there is something that God has for us to do, we are still eligible to receive the promises of God. But it's very important that we stay in the divine order. So if we look at Matthew 6, it says, but seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. There God is establishing his divine order for how we need to operate. It says, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. That's the will of God. And all these things will be given to you as well. Those are the promises of God. So God is saying, if you walk in my will, I promise that I will give you the things that I have said I will give. Here's something again, God's showing us where our posture should be in order to receive the promises. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moss and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moss and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what God is really saying here is don't store up your treasures on earth, store up your treasures in heaven. And the way that you store up your treasures in heaven are by walking in the purpose that God has for your life. Because the thing about it is, we oftentimes get so caught up in what we want God to give us, in the promises that God has spoken over our lives, that we spend so much time on that thing that we're neglecting the purpose, God's will for our lives. And God is saying, I will give you those things if you restore my divine order to your life. And so as you see in this verse, it's saying, do not store up what can be destroyed on earth because the promises, things like houses and cars and money, those things can come and go. A house can come and be blown away in a storm. A car can can come and break down and it might not work for you anymore, but your purpose will continue to provide for you. 
Because as you walk in your purpose, God is going to make room for you to have the things that you need because that is what you're entitled to as a child of God. God is going to provide for you because you are his child and you're walking in the purpose that he has set forth for your life. It's like signing on for a job and the company giving you all the materials that you need. So when you sign on for a job and you need to travel for it, the company is going to take care of your travel expenses. The company may give you a company car. The company is going to give you a per diem so that you can eat. God is saying, hey, sign on for this purpose that I have for your life and everything else is going to be taken care of. It's a part of the promise for walking in your purpose. So just remember that as you go through your life, because sometimes we can spend so much time focusing on the promise and the things that we've been praying for, that they become an idol to us. Because we spend so much time worrying about them that we take the focus off of God and what God wants to do in our lives. This is why sometimes God's answers to our prayers may change and shift from day to day. Because if you're not walking in his will in that moment, you may not be eligible for the promise in that moment. But the next day you can come back into alignment with God and you're eligible for the promise. That's why I said earlier, we may fall off the boat. But as long as we keep our eye on the purpose, we will remain eligible for the promise. It does not mean that God has removed access to the promise. It just means that we need to recalibrate to maintain the heart posture that God wants us to have. When you're anointed, you need to check your oil daily. You need to check to see if your oil is fresh because life can cause your oil to become stale. And you might not even see it sometimes. That's why you need to submit to God daily. To make sure that you're operating in the anointing, in the fresh anointing of God. And that life and the situations that you're dealing with, your posture is not sullying your oil and how you operate for the kingdom. So if you think about your car, you can only drive your car a certain number of miles before you need to check and or change the oil or do some type of maintenance to your car. Your heart and your posture are the same. You need to be doing daily maintenance to maintain the posture that God wants you to have. So why is all of this important in regard to breakthrough power and authority? Why is restoring order a part of producing power and authority for breakthrough? Well, because your prayers are a part of how you produce the breakthrough. And if your prayers are not in order, your life is not in order, then they don't produce for you. So in the last episode, episode number three, we talked about prayers that availeth much. Well, when you pray, let me give you something a little bit more practical. You should first be praying for the will of God, that God postures you to receive his will for your life, that you may walk in his will for your life 
And then you pray for the promises. That's why this is important to understand, because if we want to use power and authority to produce breakthrough, we must be in order in order for it to be legal and for heaven to acknowledge our words and to respond to them. Remember, uh, the Bible says anything that we ask according to his will. So we must first be in the will in order to receive the promises. And our prayers need to be in that divine order also. We shouldn't be coming to God saying, God, I need a new car. God, I'm praying. I'm asking that you, I'm speaking a new house. I'm speaking a new car. I'm speaking a financial increase. And we have not asked God first, God, what is it that you need me to do? God, who is it that you want me to be? God, what is it that you want from my life? First, we need to do that. Then we can come to God and say, okay, God, I've done this. I'm walking in the purpose. I'm, I'm, I'm moving in your will. I'm understanding what you want. I placed you first. Now I'm asking you, Father, to give me financial increase. I'm asking you, Father, for that new home that I've been praying for. I'm asking you, God, for that new car. I'm asking you for that you would bless me with, with children or whatever it is that you've been praying for. When you restore the order, God is going to respond. So what I would like for you guys to do is to be intentional about your prayers. Maybe even begin to write your prayers down and compare them to the blueprint that I've been talking about in the last podcast episode number three and this podcast to make sure that your prayers are in order, in the divine order of God so that you make sure that you're not praying an illegal prayer you're praying something that is according to the blueprint that God has given us so that's your homework for this week and I'm going to continue to build on this subject of power and authority Um, like I said this is part number one I want to give you guys the tools that you need as prerequisites before we go on to moving in greater levels of power and authority because in order to move in power and authority there are things that you need to understand first so that when you move in it you're moving legally so I just want you to be uh, intentional and prayerful about that and just thinking about the order in your life and taking inventory of what you're doing, what you're praying for, how you're moving, and seeing if it really is within God's divine order for your life. Well, that wraps our session for today. I just want to thank you for taking the time to tune in. I'm so humbled and grateful for the privilege of being used as a vessel by God, and I pray that you have been blessed by the content of this podcast. If you have questions or comments about today's session, please leave a voice recording on the podcast page and I will respond to you. You can also email me at warinthespirit12 at gmail.com. If you are led, you can sow into the ministry at Cash App, dollar sign, Collective Live. And you can find the ministry on Facebook at Collective Live Worship. 
Remember, you are a spiritual warrior with God-given power and authority. Walk in it. I'm praying for your breakthrough, increase, and abundance. Have a spirit-filled week and tune in next Wednesday. Love you all. Be blessed.